don't worry about inviting me to church this weekend. I mean, really. I've been thinking about it. I know that you and I are friends and you go to church. That's great. But whenever you talk about your faith, you get uncomfortable. At least that's the sense that I get. I mean, we talk about a lot of different things. But whenever church or God comes up, you get, I don't know, tense. I don't really get it. I mean, it's not like it weirds me out as much as it does you. But I am happy to relieve you of something that obviously makes you uncomfortable and awkward. Besides, what What am I missing? I mean, it's not like I'm an atheist. I'm not. I, I believe in God. I'm spiritual. I'd like to do better. I'd like to be better. I'd like to understand the Bible more. And I'd like to be a better parent and have a closer marriage. I'd like to volunteer for something that actually helps others. But honestly, the last time I went to church, that's not the kind of things that were being offered to me. And we both know that I'm not really the poster child for Christianity. I've, I've got baggage. I've got questions. So, you know, church, me, they, they don't really fit together. And besides, I don't like getting dressed up. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to be hit on for money week after week. I don't really like organ music. And on top of all that, I don't really think that I believe in hell, so I'm not even very worried about what happens to me after I die. I'm sure that whatever life there is after death, it'll be fine. And as far as my kids go, I think that I want to give them the freedom to choose whatever religion they want. I I mean, if any religion at all. For me, growing up, church was boring. I don't want to have to drag my kids to that week after week. You know, that really turned me off from it. And I'm sure it's going to do the same thing for them. So it's probably better if we just don't go. So really, don't worry about trying to invite me to church. It makes you awkward. It's something that doesn't really have anything to offer my life. I can't really come as I am. You know, I like wearing shorts. And I don't want to get hit on for money. I give my money to charity. I like Coldplay. And hell, you know, kind of a joke these days. And my kids won't like it. Right? But if by chance you think that I'm getting all of this wrong, then for God's sake, invite me. Good stuff, right? Yeah, you can tell him that. Go ahead. (laughs) That was good stuff. All right, Christ Church. Uh, I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at uh, Christ Church. Hey, good morning, upper room. Uh, shout out loud so we can hear you. Yeah, they're up there. Uh, so we are uh, excited to have them there and you here. And uh, we are in a series called Made for uh, Mondays. And remember what we're doing in the series. This one's kind of directed uh, towards those folks of you who are already Christ followers. So uh, if you're not really there yet and totally sold out on Jesus yet, don't get up and leave the room. Hopefully there's something for you too. Uh, you'll at least know what you're getting into. Uh, but uh, really the series is about trying to uh, help Christ followers understand the opportunity 
uh, of Monday, right? And so uh, last week, our first week, we spent time uh, just talking about, hey, we, we elevate Christ on Sunday, uh, but we get to lift lives on uh, Monday, right? And so really the ministry that we do individually um, takes place out there in the world uh, on Mondays, right? So we come to worship on Sundays and we get reduced in, in uh, elevating Christ, but then we go out there on Mondays uh, to make that difference uh, for kingdom's cause, right? Uh, so we pick it up today and try to build, uh, build on that. Uh, today, I want to just uh, get you, make sure you're convinced and understand as we talk about uh, being on mission uh, on Mondays, that you're made for Mondays, that your mission field uh, is wherever you are uh, on Mondays. Now, we talked last week a lot about, you know, whatever your job is, right? Uh, whatever your job is on Monday, well, hey, that, that's where you are. That's your, your mission field. Now, uh, just qualify that so everybody understands. Uh, if your job is out there in the workplace, in the work world, that's your mission field. If your job is you're a stay-at-home parent and, uh, hey, you're doing the things that stay-at-home parents do, guess what? That's your mission field, right? The, the, the mom's group you go to or whatever it is you're doing. If you're retired, uh, and I don't know what you do on Mondays, but I'm sure it's great. <laughs> Wherever it is, whatever you're doing, uh, that's your mission field, right? Uh, that's, that's the whole deal. So it encompasses uh, not what our job is per se as much as just, hey, whatever Monday is for you, whatever Monday is, that's where God has placed you, and that's where God wants you to be in mission, right? Let me prove that to you again. This is uh, Romans 12. It's the Apostle Paul, uh, great missionary guy, right? Uh, and I'm using uh, translation today. Uh, it's really a paraphrase called The Message. Have you heard of The Message? It's a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. And uh, I'm going to use that this morning just because it, it really says it really good, okay? So give me that. It says it really good. And if you've got your half sheets, you're going to want to pull those out with a, pe with a pencil or a pen or something because there's some stuff you want to probably underline, maybe even take some notes on this morning, uh, like right here. This is really some good stuff. You ready to go? Uh, Paul says, uh, so here's uh, what I want you to do, okay, on Mondays or Wednesdays, whatever. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Now, make sure you do not miss that phrase. Right? So circle, underline, highlight, whatever you need to. Do not miss what Paul just said there. Here's what I want you to do, but who's going to help you? That's right. The Father is busy helping you. We just spent all summer talking about the story and about how God is working his work to accomplish his purpose uh, in history. Right? And what this really reminds us of is, listen, you're not the only one at work in Monday, right? That when you go into your Monday, so often we get, we get kind of following our culture thing, and uh, we get really dragged down about, oh, uh, Monday, right? We say things like, well, it's Monday, back to the grind, right? Isn't that it? Back to the grind, here we go, right? Uh, no, wait a minute. You, if you're a Christ follower, you've got to understand this. God is already working and preparing your Monday, right? While you sit here today in Sunday, while you're elevating Christ today in Sunday, God is already working and preparing your Monday. So when you go to Monday, Monday is an amazing opportunity to see what God has in store. 
because God is already working there. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, meaning, listen, God is already there. There's nothing going to happen in your Monday that God isn't prepared to handle. There's nothing that's going to take place in your Monday that God isn't already prepared for. And God is not going to ask you to do something in your Monday that he hasn't already equipped you for. You see, Monday is an incredible opportunity to understand and experience and look for what God is doing in your Monday. Mondays are exciting. (laughs) Because we just got juiced and elevating Christ. We just got forgiven at the table on Sunday. We just got rejuvenated, regenerated. Yesterday is gone. And Monday is the opportunity to walk with him and say, God, what are you going to do today? What do you have in store for me today? Paul says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Because God's helping you, do what? Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life. What is he talking about? Life, right? So whatever you're experiencing on Monday, whatever life is for you on Monday, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's in the home or, or whether it's in retirement, whatever, whatever Monday is for you, he's saying, listen, take, take Monday, take the experience that you're going to do in, in Monday, your life, Take your ordinary, everyday life and do what with it? And place it before God as an offering. What's he inviting you to do? Step into Monday and say, God, your day. I'm excited about what you're going to do today. Don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. God, I know you're already at work. I know you've already prepared this day. So, Lord, just let me step into this day with fervor and excitement, and don't let me miss the opportunities that you prepared. Take your everyday, ordinary life, because God's already prepared you for Monday, and he's already working in your Monday. Take that everyday, ordinary life and just say, here it is, Lord. It's an offering to you. And he gives us a warning. He says, well, okay, do that, but be careful, right? Uh, V183, they want you. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. Thank you. I got to read it now. Uh, Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Isn't that great? Saying, listen, don't go into money saying back to the grind like culture has captured you. If you're a Christ follower, you live above that, right? You're there to influence culture not to let culture influence you. Young people, you're back in school, right? When you go back into that school on Monday, you are there not to fit in. You are there to shape Monday in that school. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it, even without thinking, right? Instead, what? Instead, fix your attention on God. You see, when you're going through your Monday, it's the invitation to say, I am looking for what God is doing. I'm looking for what God has prepared. I am looking for how God is going to work and do something extraordinary this 
Monday in my life and through my life. Now that's dang exciting. To approach Monday and say, God, what do you got in store? He said, you're going to be changed when you do this. When you flip your Monday and your mentality, you're going to be changed from the inside to the outside. So when you get this on the inside, it's going to start working on the outside in the way you approach Monday, in the way you walk through Monday, in the way you deal with Monday, right? When you get this on the inside, it's going to start going to the outside, Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. When you get in tune to Monday, he's going to create opportunities for you. And when you start doing this, when you get this welcome to Monday opportunity going, you're going to start seeing the opportunities God has for you. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity, in you. You will rise up to meet Mondays. Why do we need to do that? Because Jesus tells us we have an important role in Mondays. He uses two images to capture our identity and our role in Mondays. The first image, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Underline and circle the words you are, right? That's what you are. If you're Christ follower, You've been claimed by Christ. You've been forgiven. This is who you are, right? You're out there in the world, and he says, this is who you are. You're, you're salt, right? And later on, he says, uh, you are, verse 14, you are the light of the world. That's who you are. You are there out in the world to impact Monday, to be salt and light, to influence others for the kingdom of heaven. Now, this has a huge impact. It has a huge impact in terms of just us. I want to bring this home in terms of just our, us and numbers in, in the place we live, where we do our Mondays. Now, I know a lot of you work outside of uh, Ozaki County, but I'm just going to use Ozaki County numbers to give you a sense of the numbers of what God is creating the opportunity for in our lives together uh, as Christ Church, right? Now, some of you may have seen this before. I like it. This is the population estimates. It goes back to 2013. Uh, so they've even grown since 2013. But let's do a little math together. You ready? Uh, so in Ozaki County, it says in 2013, the population was roughly uh, 87,000 people, Okay. It's grown, but roughly 87,000 people uh, in Ozaki County. In Ozaki County, there are 64 uh, churches. The reality is probably less than that right now because since 2013, some of them have closed. Sad reality, but the truth, right? But let's just say there's 64 churches. Uh, in those 64 churches, there's roughly 60,000 people that claim to have their names on those membership rolls, right? that they claim some association with uh, one of those 64 churches, right? So 87,000 people, 60,000 people claim to be involved or, or have their names at least involved in some church within Ozaki County. That leaves us 27,000 people. Is that a lot of people? That's a ton of people. 27,000 people we know for sure are around us every day in Ozaki County who don't walk with or understand the good news about Jesus Christ. Now, let's just add to that a little bit, because the big question is, 
of those people that are 60,000, of those 60,000 people that say they're associated with the church somehow, how many of those people do you suppose actually never show up? I mean, of the, the 60,000 that claim, they got their names on the roll somewhere, how many of those people would you say probably really never show up? So just for math purposes, if you're right along with me on this, it's 60,000 people. What if we say 15,000? Good number? Out of the 60,000, what do we say if there's 15,000 people uh, who really don't show up? They're really not engaged in the church at all. They just got their names on the book. You okay with that number? Yeah, I'm okay with that number. Good. 60,000 people. Okay, so 15,000. So you got 27,000 people we know don't go to church in Ozaki County. We got another 15,000 people that are not really engaged, even though their names be on a book somewhere in a church roll, but they're not really engaged in the church. So let's see. 27,000 plus 15,000 gives us how many thousand? Do the math. It gives us Miller Park. It gives us Miller Park. You ever think about that? There's a Miller's Park worth full of people around you every single day who aren't walking with Jesus. Now, here's an even more extraordinary statistic. Research tells us of those 42,000 people, at the minimum, 82% of them, 82% of them would respond and join somebody, a Christ follower, if they just invited them. 82%. Some surveys say it's as high as 96%. But if you're conservative, you say 82%. 82% of those 42,000 people say that they would show up at church if a Christ follower would just invite them. Now, here's the bad news. Of all the Christ followers that go to church uh, and claim, you know, active life with Jesus Christ, surveys tell us, well, you can guess, how many people, what percentage of Christ followers in the United States actually get around to ever extending an invitation to anybody, to an unchurched or dechurched person? What percentage do you think actually ever get around to extending an invitation to anybody? Got a number in your head? Yeah, here's the truth. The real number? 2%. That surprise you? 2% of all the Christ followers in the United States actually ever get around to inviting somebody to come to church or get engaged in a ministry or join them in some kind of event. Now, here's what I know. You ready? Here's what I know as your pastor here at Christ Church. I know that there's 42,000 people out there in Ozaki County who are waiting for an invitation. I know that some of those people are going to walk into our doors just on their own, especially because we're, we're putting on expansion and we got the buzz and we got the building going. I mean, I know that some, some of those folks, they're just going to walk uh, into our doors and we're going to be ready for them. We're going to be excited about that. We're going to be, you know, welcoming and greeting them and, and giving the best experience we can give them, Right? But I know this too. I know that there is a ton of people around you every single day that will never walk into our doors unless you invite them.
they will just not show up here unless you invite them. Think about it. Your simple invitation can be the difference in somebody's life that means eternity. You were made for Mondays. Okay, so what are we supposed to do, Pastor? How, how are we supposed to do this inviting thing? That's where Jesus' image come, in, come into place, right? He says we are, you are salt, right? You are the salt of the earth. That's what you are. So here's the real question. How do we show our saltiness to those around us? Now, if we're going to do that, we've got to get a good understanding of what it means to be salty. So i got a little visual here to hopefully help us get this around, get this into our head and our heart, right? I got my McDonald's french fries. How many like McDonald's french fries? Best french fries in the world, right? I am all over these babies. You'll notice that I got the large fries. I didn't skimp out and get the small fries on this thing, right? All right. So I love McDonald's french fries. One of the reasons I love McDonald's french fries is I think they're already salted to perfection. You may not agree with me on that, but I, and I'm just telling you, inherent to them is a saltiness that I just like. You see, here's the question. Inherent to your walk with Christ, is there a saltiness that anybody else even notices. If we would survey, Christ follower, if we would survey your co-workers or the people you spend your Mondays with, would they say, oh, yeah, yeah, they're a Christ follower. They go to Christ church. You see, is there an inherent saltiness in your life that people just get and like? Second, how many of you salt your food? Put salt on your food? Only a few of you. Wow, okay, right? So if you salt your food, uh, you probably salt your food, right? And when you salt your food, you just put a little salt on there, right? I happen to be a two-finger salter. Some people are a one-finger salter. I'm a two-finger salter, right? But sometimes you just kind of put just a little salt on there, right? Okay? So you're just adding a little flavor, to the whole thing. So when you're around your coworkers, are you adding just a little flavor, a saltiness into their life? Right? See, as Christ followers, we, a lot of times we get this wrong. We're, we're supposed to be this added salt in the world, right? Here's what we're not supposed to be, right? We're not supposed to be with another person who doesn't know Christ and come into their life and say, well, you got to get your life right. Let me just put a little salt on that right? You got to get right with Jesus. You got to fall down on your knees. Let's say the prayer together right now, right? That's like, no, that's too much salt, right? They're just not ready for that. Why? What, what do they need? Just a little salt. That's it. Just a little salt. So what's the salt? What opportunity do you have every single Monday to go ahead and be a little salty in people's lives? The Apostle Paul gives you the answer. The Apostle Paul gives you the answer in Colossians 3. He says, 
since God chose you to be holy people he loves. So if you're a Christ follower, since you're already engaged in Christ, right? Since God chose you, claimed you, forgave you, since God is actively working in your Monday and prepared you for Monday, right? This is who you are. Since you are salts, clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and for a lot of people like me, the most difficult one, patience. That's salt. That's salt. Let's just, let's just add a dab of kindness into a co-worker's life on Monday. Let, let's be open enough to understand when, when a coworker or a friend of yours is struggling, and, and you're open enough to show them some tender-hearted mercy, to show them a tender heart that has compassion for them as they hurt. A little kindness, a little tender-hearted mercy, a little humility, some gentleness, and oh yeah, patience. That's just a little salt, isn't it? That's just a little seasoning that you can pour into somebody else's life. And you salt it, and then you salt it, and then you salt it, and ultimately, God is going to give you the opportunity to make the invitation. We work hard at giving you lots of opportunities to make invitations around here, right? And so, yeah, not just Sunday mornings, not just to our children's program, and we try to make those as excellent as we can. So when you bring a guest, they get impacted for the kingdom. But even more than that, you're going to see in the announcements today that uh, one of our men's group is inviting you to a free movie. How many like free? Free is good. If every hand in the house is not up, I am shocked, right? Right? Free movie, right? Free movie for you and invitation opportunity. Free movie and invitation opportunity. You see, we try to create those opportunities for you to do exactly what Paul is saying here and just make that simple invitation. It's the way that we make allowances for people. You see, you've got to understand one basic principle. He says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you, right? You cannot expect godly behavior from ungodly people. Did you hear that? You can't expect godly behavior from folks who aren't walking with Christ. You, you can't expect your coworkers who are far away from Jesus to behave in an appropriate way. They won't, they can't, because they don't have the power of Jesus in their life yet. And so we step into their lives with an invitation to make their lives better. Not to judge them, not to condemn them, not to heap more guilt on them. Statistics say that most people who are away from Christ, if they have any influence in their background, de-church people, they are walking already in tremendous guilt. They don't need more. No, for us, we make allowances for their faults. We just receive them where they are, and we make the invitation. Why? Because we just, we just deal with them with some salt, 
And we have a peace about that because we know, like we talked last week, our eternity is secure. Our eternity is secure. And so we can walk in peace and we can be that salt because we just let Christ rule in our hearts. So what about this? What about you're with a coworker and you have that tender-hearted mercy going and you have that compassion going and you realize they're struggling? Well, what, what about just reaching out to them and asking them if they're okay? What, what about it saying to them, hey, you know what? Is there something I can pray about for you? What about if you do that a couple times and you actually say, yeah, they say, yeah, I'd really need you to pray about this. What about you just go to your desk right away and you pray right there on the spot? Or after asking them a couple times, is there anything I can pray about? And they say, yeah, this or yeah, that. What about you say, well, I don't, why don't we just do it right now? Would you be open to that if we just pray about it together? How extraordinary would it be for you to be that kind of salt where you actually do what you offer? and you just pray. Or even if you don't pray with them, you just check out later on and say, hey, you know, I've been praying for you about that. How's it going? That you actually believe your prayers make a difference. Paul says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be what? Gracious and attractive. Isn't that cool? What it's talking about is salt. Salt salt. Now, I know for some of you this is a challenge, and uh, wow, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor, and boy, you're really asking me to step up. Yeah, you bet. But I also want to give you uh, support and encouragement, because if you're going to start being salty and pouring out salt, you got to make sure you get salt back in, right? And that's why around here we say get your salt renewed by getting involved in a small group, getting in Celebrate Recovery, uh, serving. By the way, I just threw that in because of the last Monday night, and I'm still sulking. But nonetheless, you'll notice there, I don't think this is from last Monday night, but they got the Gatorade thing going. Why do they drink the Gatorade thing? There's something to do with getting some more salt back in their system and stuff, right? Isn't that it? I can guarantee that Gatorade bucket's going to be full uh, this afternoon. Right? Because they want to get more salt back in their system. You see, you need to, Christ, you've got to get more salt back in your system. That happens during the week when you gather with other Christ followers, when you get with those folks and celebrate recovery, when you get in some ministry and you start serving. You're going to be ready to pour out. Here's the big thing. End it this way. What I want you to just think about is how salty are you? And today would be a great day to just start praying and asking God to make you more salty and brighter. He says we're salt to the earth and we're light to the world. So what about Monday, tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning, let's make a covenant together, Christ follower, that tomorrow morning before you walk into the office, before you go do whatever it is you're meeting with some group or whatever it is, before you get out of the car, just say a prayer. Just say a prayer and say, God, I know you've already been in this Monday. I know you prepared me for this. I know this is your day and you got stuff in store for me. Lord, just make me salt and make me light and give me the opportunity to make a simple invitation. Let's pray.
Father, thanks uh, for your goodness. Thanks that you amazingly uh, use us to accomplish kingdom work. And so we ask today that uh, we could be salt and light. Uh, Lord, we pray for those in the room this morning who are struggling. We don't want to ignore that. We know uh, for many uh, there's some challenges and difficulty in life, and uh, we know the answer. Uh, The answer is always in our relationship with Christ and diving and being strengthened in His Word and surrounding ourselves with other believers. So, Lord, we pray for those who are struggling this morning that you'd help them to receive an invitation this morning to reach out and seek others to be encouraged and help us to be that salt and light to the world that we can be uh, incredible inviters. We just commit this to you in Jesus' name.